Star Wars 7x7 episode 621. Remember a while back when we did a podcast about 59 ways that The Force Awakens is similar to A New Hope? And there were actually some contributions that brought it up to 63. Well, somebody's gone and applied science to it in case you missed it. And the results are as you might expect. And maybe even a little bit not. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And before we begin, I just want to say thank you very much to everybody who voted for us in the Star Wars Podcast Awards and to the folks who nominated us to be in them in the first place. We were nominated in four categories for editing and production value, for the logo, for fanboy host, for myself, and for the People's Choice Award. And unfortunately, the finalists have come out. Not unfortunately. Like, it's fortunate that they were able to continue and put a finalist thing out. But the unfortunate part is that Star Wars 7x7 is not part of the finalists in any of those four categories. Much like The Force Awakens, we were shut out. So I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who did vote for us. And congratulations to all the finalists. Uh, It's a wonderful world of Star Wars podcasts. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it in any way, shape, or form. And I'm very excited for the folks who got to the finals. And I hope that they all enjoy the journey and enjoy the excitement of this next round of voting. And if you want to continue voting in the podcast awards, just go to StarWarsPodcastAwards.com and you will find the daily updates there for each new category that you can vote for. Do check them out. All right, let's get to what we wanted to talk about today. So it might not surprise you to hear that Wired Magazine has probably been among the geekiest publications to be focusing on The Force Awakens. Of course, Entertainment Weekly had a ton of stuff leading up to The Force Awakens and its actual release and after all that fun stuff too. Empire Magazine was big. Time Magazine got involved in the act, but Wired Magazine probably more than any, oh, I guess I got to name Vanity Fair too, Uh, but Wired Magazine definitely more than any other magazine probably had the geekiest, deepest coverage of The Force Awakens out there. And it's not just the coverage that they are doing, but it's also the coverage that they're providing by looking out at the world and seeing what other people are doing related to the Star Wars universe. And this is one that falls under that auspice, as it were. There's a gentleman named Derek Ruths at McGill University, which I believe is a Canadian university. In fact, I guess I could probably go and find that out, couldn't I? Because don't we have the magic of the internet and all that fun stuff? So anyway, Derek Ruths, at McGillan for University, yeah, this is in Montreal, so there you go, decided that because of the fact that it felt like it was so similar between Star Wars and The Force Awakens, and yet he didn't feel dissatisfied, according to this article in Wired Magazine, that he decided to try and analyze The Force Awakens and Star Wars, the original one, based on the mapping of characters and their interactions with each other over the course of the movie using something that is referred to as a spring layout. This is how they describe it in Wired. A spring layout is where nodes representing characters who interact are drawn together and pushed away from clusters with whom they don't share any screen time. 
Now, Wired, at some point as part of its review of The Force Awakens, suggested that it seemed like J.J. Abrams and Larry Kasdan took character traits from the characters of the original trilogy and just, say, threw them all in a box, basically, and then drew them back out and applied them willy-nilly to different characters in The Force Awakens. You know, not willy-nilly, but you know what I mean. And the writer of this piece, Cam McFarlane, points out the fact that the analysis does seem to support that view of mixing up those character traits and spreading them out among different characters. But things don't go necessarily where you think they would go. For example, BB-8 is like R2-D2 and Chewbacca in Star Wars is akin to Chewbacca in The Force Awakens, but Kylo Ren is actually more akin to Obi-Wan and Rey is more akin to Darth Vader. Very puzzling that it flips around like that. And this is one of those situations where I think, on the one hand, I'm fascinated by it. And on the other hand, it feels like a tremendous overanalysis of the situation. And I don't think you can remove the characters that neatly from a movie to do this kind of analysis and actually have it be that particularly significant. I mean, you can't bypass the plot, the story, the themes of the movie. You can't go by those things and expect to have a full understanding of what we're dealing with. It makes me want to do the opposite number, to do the piece about all the ways that The Force Awakens differs from Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope. And if you have opinions about that already and you want to share them, then you know where to go. It's the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Okay then, back to trivia. Red squad, blue squad, take my lead. I'm on it. Back on Monday, we asked you in the movie version of The Force Awakens where Kylo Ren hit Finn on that last shot that took him down, and that was in the back. Today's question, what type of vehicle do Ray and Finn use to get to the junction station that helps open up the thermal oscillator building for Han and Chewie in Starkiller Base? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you stow away on a Trade Federation landing craft, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a short negotiation, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.